Hello, and welcome to Worth It, a podcast brought to you by Proskauer's Private Client Services Group, covering a wide range of topics concerning estate planning, wealth transfers, and important legal developments and other issues our clients frequently face when organizing their estates. My name is Dan Hatton, associate in Proskauer's New York office. In this episode, we'll be discussing options for clients who are seeking to use their remaining federal lifetime gift tax exemption without the pain generally associated with actually giving up those assets. To that end, we'll talk about options for gifting personal residences and ways to use outstanding loans to make gifts. Joining me for this episode is Vanessa Masco, Senior Counsel in Proskauer's New York office. Welcome, Vanessa. Hi, Dan. Thank you for having me today. Thanks for coming. As we discuss ways for clients to gift pain-free, as a little bit of background, can you explain what it actually means to make a gift for federal transfer tax purposes? Sure, no problem, Dan. In order to make a gift for federal transfer tax purposes, client must give up dominion and control of the asset. What this really means is that a client cannot retain certain rights in the asset that the IRS will deem to be control. Generally, this includes the right to enjoy the income from the asset or really the ability to decide who enjoys the property. Sometimes, really, the stark realities of making a gift can be difficult for clients. They may fear running out of assets once they've given something away, but they'll still want to utilize their $11,580,000 federal lifetime gift tax exemption while it's still available. Got it. When you've seen clients in this situation, what kind of options do you recommend where the client can make a taxable gift for transfer tax purposes, but not necessarily lose access to an asset that you know is in their bank account or that they're using on the daily basis? There's one option that works for clients who have previously loaned money or property to trusts or to their children. But frequently, especially over the last few years, interest rates have been historically low. Clients in this situation have made loans to benefit the younger generation with the hope that the assets would be invested and the appreciation above the interest rate would wholly benefit the younger generation. The client would still have an entitlement to be repaid those assets, but that may be long time in the future. So in this type of situation, the clients could consider forgiving the outstanding loan. The amount that's forgiven would be the taxable gift, and that would use up some or, more or all of his or her remaining exemption. But at the end of the day, the client does not feel like they've actually gave anything up because they're not parting with any asset. Are there any risks to this type of a loan forgiveness? There aren't really any tax risks. Individuals are free to forgive loans at any time, so long as they are aware of the tax consequences. So the two big points that clients need to understand when deciding whether to forgive a loan is that, one, they will never have the loan repaid which is the point of the forgiveness. So they're not going to get that money back. And two, the loan forgiveness may not have the biggest upside when compared to making a new gift of assets that are expected to appreciate. Sounds pretty straightforward. When clients don't have outstanding loans, what kind of other assets should they consider gifting while keeping their standard of living the same? So this has been really common, especially this year when clients are moving to give away most of their exemption. The other option is to give away residences could be their primary residence, it could be a vacation home, and generally give it away to a trust, either a trust for the benefit of their descendants or a trust for the benefit of their spouse and their descendants. And using a primary residence is helpful in these situations because there are maybe ways for clients to continue to use the property like nothing changed while still transferring the property and its future appreciation out of their estate. If a client doesn't want to use a spousal lifetime access trust or they're not married, does using a residence for a gift still work? Yeah, if a client is single or doesn't want to use what a spousal lifetime access trust or a SLAT, gifting a residence can still be effective. However, the gift may not be quite as pain-free for those clients. 
And this is because when you're giving away a resident and you're not a beneficiary of the trust that receives the residence, then you have to pay rent in order to continue to use the property. So paying rent is an estate planner's dream because you're paying the trust money. There's no income tax consequence. The trust that you're paying is a grantor trust. And there's no gift tax consequence because you're paying rent, not just making a gratuitous transfer. So we, a lot of clients want to do this, but a lot of clients don't actually want to pay rent for the rest of their lives as long as the property's in the trust. So clients need to really understand that when you're dipping away the entire property and retaining no interest in any way, shape, or form, that you have to be comfortable with paying rent the foreseeable future. In addition, for other clients, there are various issues that they should at least be aware of. They're not, you know, prohibitive consequences. We talked about transferring residences and residents can take the shape of, you know, many various forms. So there's real estate, there's condos. Those are generally pretty simple to transfer. It's just going to be a deed. But recently, co-ops in New York City, at least, are allowing trusts to own the proprietary lease and stock certificates. So this is new because we historically haven't been able to do this. So anytime you're dealing with a co-op, you're dealing with the co-op board, and that will always take extra time with the paperwork and various lawyers involved. And then lastly, something to remember is that if a residence has a low-cost basis, the client may forego the opportunity to step up in basis at the client's death. That's because assets owned by the trust are not included in the client's state and thus are not eligible for a step-up in basis. Now, we do have some ways to fix this, but basis planning can be an entire podcast itself, so I won't go into that here. Thank you, Vanessa, for joining me today and explaining some options for pain-free gifting. Sounds like clients could consider forgiving any outstanding loans they may have made previously to other trusts or to their descendants directly. Alternatively, clients can consider planning with their primary residence or vacation home, where the asset can be transferred, but the client can retain the use of the property either as a beneficiary of a trust created by their spouse or by renting the property back. Either of these alternatives allow the client to use a portion of his or her remaining lifetime gift tax exemption without the client feeling like he or she actually gave up much of the assets that they're using to So thanks again for joining today. Thank you for having me. With that, we'll wrap up this episode of Worth It. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and please join us for future episodes. If you would like to receive notifications when new episodes are available, please visit our website, proskauer.com and click the subscribe to our publications link at the bottom of any page. Thank you for listening.